This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 116. You know what would be cool? In this episode, I have got some knitting, some sewing, a little tale for you about how the episode got its name. I get all spun up about some super dreamy yarn. And I suppose we should kick this all off with some updates. So since I last recorded, I've missed you guys so very much. Of course, we all know by now that we are in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis, and every one of us all around the world is completely affected by it in one way or another. And I am blessed, I think, in the fact that I don't really get cabin fever. My job is completely remote right now, and thankfully I'm actually able to do it from home completely. Uh, And I'm managing my team from afar. I have a handful of folks that still have to go in like one day a week to take care of essential functions like backing up servers that can't be done remotely and providing IT support to some of the folks who are working remotely. But me, I'm totally portable and my kitchen table is now my office. So there's that. I'm also lucky in the fact I feel so I'm living my best life right now, almost, except for 40 hours a week or taken up working for someone else. I regain my commute time, which is amazing. So I'm able to take better care of myself the way I always want to, but can't with all the commute time and everything. And I think this is kind of the result of my deployment time, but all the things in my house are my favorite things. This is my favorite place to be in the world. Yes, I love to travel. I love to see things. I love to hang out with friends. I love to do all those things. But right now, being isolated or quarantined in my home hasn't been a huge deal for me. I know it's quite traumatic for quite a few people. And I hope that, you know, sharing a little of myself with you now helps because, you know, hanging out with people any way we can on the lines is kind of what we have right now. So I hope you are all doing well. I hope you are avoiding illness and hopefully you're finding some solace in your home, maybe getting a few things done you haven't been able to get done in a while. But I hope you are all doing amazing and all doing great. And I hope that this little time visiting with you is a pleasure and that you get some joy out of it because I know I've missed you and it's giving me joy to record. What else? So the boy, the boy gets cabin fever really, really badly. It's better when he can't leave than if for some other reason, like he's stuck at the house, but want, but could leave. Does that make sense? Um, his job, if for if you don't recall, he is a nurse and he is actually temporarily assigned to um, an ICU unit in his hospital where he is, thankfully, he is taking care of patients who are not infected with COVID-19. He's in a COVID-free unit to help some of those folks like reduce the risk of folks who need intensive care and couldn't risk being exposed. So it's good for the family because I am considered high risk because of some damage that I have to my lungs based, you know, from exposure in 
my deployments when I was on active duty. So I really, really can't risk getting sick. So it's amazing that he's in a COVID free unit because that really helps our family out a lot. Itty bitty, totally going, <laughs> she's going insane. Um, <laughs> poor kid. She's very social. She's what, 18 going on 19. She's in college. But right now she's, you know, her, her classroom is her bedroom at this point and she's not digging it at all. Thankfully, her favorite coffee place does drive through. So she's been able to go get Dutch Brothers coffee, if you're familiar with that. And she loves it. I, it must be generational because I hate their coffee. I think it's freaking nasty and I would never, ugh, like I've driven through there with her before in the past, tried to get myself a cup of, quote, air quotes, coffee, and it just isn't coffee. They do caffeinated fancy beverages really, really well that have nothing to do with coffee. Make sense? Okay. So she's got that. Um, she actually is still working. She works at local Chick-fil-A. And since food is essential, she has to go to work every day. Um, but at least they've gotten them separated into clean teams. So she works Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with the same exact people. So if she, if, you know, a member of her team gets sick, they all end up in isolation at the same time. So that's good, I guess. But, and she likes money. So I guess it's good that she can still go to work. So much has happened since last time we spoke. For one, I turned 45. Um, yay, happy birthday to me. Uh, it was, I had a pretty great birthday. Uh, the boy got me some lighting for my craft room for the sewing area, which is amazing. And he installed that already. And I'm currently sitting behind my sewing machine right now and enjoying the new lighting. And it's making me pretty happy. What else has happened? We've had a ton of snow. Several storms where we've gotten three inches or more. And today is Easter Sunday and not uncommon for uh, Colorado. We have snow today and tomorrow. We expect to get anywhere between like three and six inches at my house. Some parts of Colorado Springs will get much less, but we are up on the Palmer Divide and we always get a lot, a lot of snow. I hope the sewing machine is not too loud because I really needed to multitask because I have a few things to get done today but I did not want to miss out on this opportunity to chat with you. What else? I'm looking at my notes. Yeah. Oh, I may have released two patterns since we last spoke. <laughs> so I had that pair of socks that I designed and I really enjoyed designing the stitch pattern for the socks. But then when it came down to actually writing out a clear sock pattern, that I wanted to be clear enough for even a beginner because the stitch pattern isn't complicated itself. I didn't want the socks themselves to be complicated. And that was just ridiculous. But I like talked myself out of my own ability to write a sock pattern. I've knit so many socks, right? I just felt completely out of my league and it took me a year, literally a year from the time I finished the stitch pattern and knit the sample pair of socks to actually get it written and released. So those are out. Those are called good intentions. And if I haven't mentioned it, I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram or anyplace else, you will know. The stitch pattern is the English alphabet translated into binary code. The pattern includes charts and written instructions for four pre-designated words and the entire alphabet. So you could choose your own adventure. I call them good intentions because what I had in my mind was like a person could use the binary code to knit in good intentions for themselves or for a gift recipient. 
you know, if you feel like there's someone in your life who needs some peace, some love, some hope, some joy, you could meditate on that while you make the socks and knit those good intentions into your recipient's sock or a pair of socks for yourself. I was really needing some joy, so that's what I did. And, you know, whatever. Um, some of my test knitters did all the words, like repeated over and over again, so they would cycle through the words. One of the test knitters did um, peace on one sock, hope on the other. Pretty cool. Um, and they found the instructions pretty easy, so I feel good about that. Those are out right now, and that makes me super happy. And I finally got around to adapting the Breckle cowl pattern, which appeared in Nitty this past winter, into a hat pattern. So the hat pattern is written for a worsted weight, and what I used for my samples was uh, some Malabrigo Rios. If you haven't knit with that stuff, it's relatively inexpensive for being Malabrigo, in my opinion. It's like less than 10 bucks a skein, and depending on where you order it from, like if you order it from webs or what have you, then it could be even cheaper or find it on sale. But it's lovely and they have a lot of solid colors and complementary variegated colors. So it works perfectly with the Breckle hat pattern. And I absolutely love the results. And what took me a while because I wanted to get the crown decreases to not interrupt kind of the flow and the feel of that whole pattern with the slip stitch color work. So I think it turned out pretty well. That is also free on my Ravelry page and I'll link to both of those in my show notes. I don't really know that I've got any more updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. And now it's on to spin a tail. So I thought my little story was gonna be about how this episode got its name, but it's not. Um, When I look back at my notes, The story I have for you in this episode is about new dogs and fiber. So my husband, his dachshund passed away over Christmas vacation. He was 11 years old. He was always ours. We adopted him from a puppy mill rescue place in St. Louis, Missouri called Posh Puppies. And he was mildly defective, but a great little dog. And... He lived a long time and he passed away in peace, surrounded by love with family. So by accident, shortly thereafter in January, we found ourselves at the local Humane Society and the Pikes Peak Humane Society is pretty fantastic. They have a lot of animals, a lot of funding and support, and they actually end up with animals from all over, like the States. And thankfully it didn't come to fruition, but the boy dragged us there because he wanted to see a potbelly pig that they had up for adoption. And I just kept telling him, dude, no pigs, no pigs, no pigs. We have alpaca. Like, can't you think of some other kind of animal that you want? He's been talking about this for upwards of 10 years, getting a pig. I don't want a pig. I don't want a pig. Like, we don't have a traditional farm. There's no real place for a pig to live. But the boy wants a house pig, which makes it even further down the list of possibilities in my mind. So no house pig. So when we got there, the pig had already been adopted like the day before, but they hadn't updated the website until after the boy saw it. So I was pretty thankful. The pig was gone because there was really no debate at that point. However, there was this dog that we couldn't for the life of us imagine why anyone would put this dog up for adoption. Well, 
I guess, turn the dog in for adoption. Um, she's really well-trained. You can tell she was cared for and loved. Like she's obedient and she's sweet. She's not aggressive. She's huge, by the way. She's like 85 pounds. And to go from a miniature dachshund to this hound dog, plus my daughter's dog, who's what, 65 pounds? This house is full of dog. It's, it's kind of crazy. So the story is really about this. Within her first couple weeks of arriving in our home, she was really testing her limits, right? Like a toddler. She really wanted to know what she could get away with. She learned very quickly that, she, no, she cannot wrestle with fiber from the dreaded fleece. She pulled two ounces, like two brand new ounces that I was getting ready to spin of dreaded fleece, which is, excuse me, the fleece formerly known as dreaded out of the basket and was like, I came into the room and she's just covered in it. It's wrapped all around her. It's got her fur all in it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're trying to kill me. Like my heart broke. Apparently I don't really hate that fleece if I had that kind of reaction to it. So she hasn't touched fleece or yarn since, thankfully. But I just, and she's a huge dog. I can't believe how like, it was literally wrapped all around her body and like on her face, her stomach, like it was, and it was a ball before it started, like before she started. So she completely unraveled it, was like scratching her back on it, rolling all around in it. I thought I would die. She survived. I'm still spinning that two ounces, pulling hair out of it as I go to see what happens. Depending on how hairy it ends up in the end, I may abandon it, but I haven't yet. So I didn't let that discourage me. And adopting, adapting to new pets is always a fun chore. Like, I don't know, but it was a crazy situation. I wish I, like, I really was not in the right frame of mind when I walked in the room and caught her like that because I did, I failed to get a picture of it because I was just so mortified when I saw it. It was, it was unbelievable, but we all survived. And that is all I got for you in this little story of mine. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. I have been very busy, which is always a good thing when it's been like this long since I've recorded, right? I have played quite a few games of yarn chicken. When I was knitting up a sample and trying to figure out the crown decreases on the buckle hat, I must admit, like I had all this scrap bulky yarn and the original cowl was in bulky. And I played yarn chicken twice and lost. So at that point, I dug into my stash and I found that Malabrigo Rios and decided that, well, I guess this hat is going to be worsted. <laughs> I really like the end result, but man, that is so frustrating, right? When I was literally decreasing the crown and I had like two inch, like a big, huge two inch hole in the top of the hat and I wasn't to where I wanted to be. And I couldn't have fudged the yarn or stretched it any further. It was, it was super disappointing, but I did finally get it done in worsted and that made me happy. And I have been knitting an inordinate amount of swatches. And you will hear all about that when I get to why I'm all spun up this episode. But I've probably knit about eight to 10 swatches trying to get the fabric just right on these two designs, which is, a, it was, you know, it was quite a bit of knitting and I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, I kept my hands very, very busy during that time while I was knitting all those swatches. I really feel like I don't have a whole ton to show for it because, you know, it's like kind of the same thing over and over again. But in the end, it all worked out and I did get to try a couple different, like 
I knit the fir my first pattern on, um, the boy got me a set of Likey interchangeable driftwood needles. And I'm not a huge uh, fan of wooden needles, but I had tried the a set of sock needles in the Likey driftwood and like, it's just sticky enough, but not so sticky. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a huge fan of bamboo needles at all. They're just too sticky for me and I just don't like them. Typically I use nickel plated, but the Likeys are definitely slick enough that I was not at all frustrated knitting with them. So that was pretty cool. I enjoyed those. That was one of the benefits of getting to swatch was I got to try a bunch of needles all at the same time. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. And I am going to very soon, fingers crossed, be knitting things that belong to other people. <laughs> like I've never made the night shift shawl and I have the pattern now. I purchased it recently and I'm going to make it. And if my uh, stash does not accommodate, then I guess I will be supporting my local economy in that way by purchasing yarn online from local vendors. That should be pretty cool. What else? Gotta look at those notes. So it's been a really long time since I've sewn anything kind of on the regular, but ever since Christmas when, um, you know, my birthday, ever since my birthday, when the boy put the new lights in, um, and I got a cutting table for Christmas, the craft room is actually coming along. Like he was in here the other day and went, wow, you can actually work in here. Yeah. It's not just like a giant closet. It's an actual craft room where I can do things and work. I remember when I started sewing, I was sewing in the back of my walk-in closet on this little table that he purchased from me at like Ikea or something. But now I have like a whole room and I can use it, which is fantastic, which is kind of what I'm doing right now. So part of the getting back to sewing on the regular was actually doing a few projects, a couple projects for the craft room themselves. So I don't know where we acquired them, but I have two extremely ugly chairs. They're part, they're really functional for sewing. They have low backs, the cushion seats, um, and they're small. Like they kind of tuck right underneath the sewing table, but they do have a little bit of a back on them, but they are ugly. So one of the first projects I took on was diving into my stash, finding some remnant fabric in like an outdoor upholstery fabric that's coordinated. And I found a little tutorial online and I'm making my own slip covers. I have like two seams left to sew and then some top stitching and those bad boys are done. So that's awesome. I've been working on those, got them all cut out, um, half of the seaming done and I'm almost finished. I'm not working on those right now. So I know this is going to come as a surprise, but I'm making um, cloth face masks. Now, I don't really leave the house. Like I said, I'm high risk, but I actually have, like I said, several of my employees have to go into work and we're expecting the organization will be issuing them face masks because they're requiring them to wear them. But my folks have minimum exposure to other people when they go in. So we're kind of down on the priority list. So what I decided I was going to do was this weekend, I was going to go ahead and sew up enough for everybody to have two, like starter stuff, you know, if they want to transition to the other issued ones or just increase their supply once they get them, fine with me. They can hand these down to family members, right? So that's what I'm working on right now is I'm sewing several, hmm, how many? What did I decide? I have like nine employees. Everybody gets two. So it's 18. Oh, no, it's not nine employees. It's six employees plus Two for myself, two for itty bitty. The boy has his own because of work. 
so I'm not worried about him. So I'm actually, you know, giving the old sewing machine a run. Probably gonna need a little tune-up I'm discovering because she hasn't been used regularly. Maybe just a little bit of oil and clean out the bobbin casing and all will be right with the world. And I, mm, so that's all I've got there. The only thing else I have to report is that since the year transitioned, I have actually managed spinning for 20 minutes every day in 2020. And that is my goal. There have been a couple days I've missed, but I've managed to make up that extra time on the weekends. You know, because I mean, we watch a Marvel movie and there's no reason I can't sit there and spin the whole time we're watching, right? So it makes up for those days that I don't get my 20 in. And really, most days I've been spinning, which is amazing. To the point that I've revitalized, unfortunately, my desire to own more fiber. Oh. But I've done some ordering from small vendors online at Etsy, and I can share links to that stuff in the show notes. All right. It looks like that's all that's been going on and spinning my wheels. All right. I am going to put my spin on some yarn that I tried while I was doing all of that swatching. Now, this yarn is perfectly aptly named. It is Blue Sky Fibers Extra. All right. Extra is 55% alpaca and 45% merino, but it feels like it is 100% heaven. It has got to be the softest, fluffiest, like alpaca merino blend I have ever felt. It is 218 yards, 199 meters per skein. It's an Aran weight and it is dreamy. It's very light and soft and oh my gosh, it is, it really is extra. Like it's not cheap. It is pricey. Like it's not, it's $30 a skein for 218 yards. That is typically out of my price range for purchasing yarn. But I was swatching for a potential pattern that I was doing a proposal for. I did not end up with a final pattern in this yarn, but it is dreamy. And I now have two skeins that I need to figure out what to do with because it is so lovely. I super enjoyed knitting with it. It's like 100% love. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's magical. It is so, so extra though. I mean, really, unbelievably so extra. This is the kind of yarn that I think, if I wasn't swatching for some design, I don't think I would have purchased it unless I was planning on sending this as a gift to someone else. Like that's, like this is a skinny yarn to me that says, hey, I love you, you're sad. Have this amazing yarn to know how much I care about you. Right, that's... That's how I feel about this yarn. It is dreamy. If you can afford the 30 bucks for a skein of yarn, go for it. If you can't, I don't know. It's, it's extra. It really is extra. Like it's a splurge skein of yarn and it, it is wonderful and it is dreamy. And I would to I can't wait to knit with it. It really is. If that is a yarn that is in your price range, you should knit with it. If you have a friend who needs some love, this skein says how much you care about them. It is definitely... It's so extra. I mean, it really is so extra. Like you can't, if you see it in your local yarn shop, grab it, touch it, feel it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Blue Sky Fibers Extra is dreamy and so, so extra. In this episode, I am all spun up about the results of me asking the question, you know what would be cool? Right. Okay. So someone once asked me, Hey, I'd like to hear more about your design process. That's kind of it. I asked myself the question, you know, what'd be cool. And then I try it that that's really, 
I'll be knitting something someone else designed. I will be looking at a television show and I will see an interesting collar or a hood on a jacket and go, you know, it'd be cool. And that's kind of how my process goes. So most recently I said to myself, you know, it'd be cool if my mom had print versions of patterns that I designed. Like, wouldn't it be cool if I could send my mom a pattern that was picked up and printed by a publication? Like, you know, for real, like, like going pro. I asked myself that question. So in February, I did some swatching. I drew up three different pattern submissions to relatively well-known publications and submitted them, like all within a week of each other. And you know what'd be cool? turned into the thing I am all spun up about. So I created and submitted three designs to three different publications. And by the end of February, two of those publications came back to me and said, we would like your design in these issues in the fall. And that's what's got me all spun up. Like I had to sign contracts, right? I'm going to get paid in 1099. I'm going to have to claim this work on my taxes. How cool is that? I'm going to be a little hush-hush until, you know, we get closer to publication date. It did not occur to me how silly it was. Actually, by the time that I was waiting for the third um, publication to come back with a response, I was like, oh, geez, I hope I don't get picked up for this third publication because I'm actually running two simultaneous timelines right now for two different publications that will both release within a month of each other in the fall. So that's like a lot of time crunchy work for me. <laughs> so I've kind of been knitting on a deadline for two different publications and drafting final patterns and doing all that work, which is actually turning out to be so super cool, by the way. I thoroughly enjoy it. Someone asked me, do you hate it? Like, because I said, I'm knitting on a deadline. And they said, do you hate it? And I don't. Like right now I am waiting for one of the patterns to come back from tech editing and that whole collaborative process that I experienced for the first time when my pattern got picked up in uh, Nitty is pretty cool. I really enjoyed that, going back and forth with the tech editor to figure out, you know, to iron out some of the kinks, to make sure what I had written was what they understood. Collaborating in that manner was really awesome, and I'm enjoying that. And I, this, like, by the end of the year, I'm going to be able to send my mom copies of two publications that have my patterns printed in them. How cool is that? I don't think she listens to the podcast anymore. Sometimes she does it. Sometimes she doesn't. I don't want to say she's getting old, but, but how cool is that? <laughs> so I asked myself, you know, it'd be cool if I could send my mom printed versions of professionally published patterns of mine. And I'm going to get to do that this year. That is just, it's, it definitely has me all spun up and I'm super excited about that opportunity. And I cannot wait to see what happens with this whole thing in the future. I'm pretty stoked. If you, I'm pretty sure you can hear my smile because it's kind of ear to ear right now. And I'm very stoked about it. I can't believe it took me this long to even tell you guys about it. Oh, it's so exciting. And I, I will just keep you guys posted and make sure that you guys know what's out there and what's going on. So that's, and I'm not kidding either. That is totally my process. I asked myself that question. You know what would be cool? If X, Y, and Z happened. Or, you know what would be cool? This stitch pattern knit in this way. And that's, that's my whole process. That's kind of how I'm doing this. It's a little bit of winging it, flying by the seat of my pants. But I probably, I feel like you have to start someplace, right? If you want to do it. And that's where I started. You know what would be cool? 
And that's what's got me all spun up. All right. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. I have really enjoyed chatting with you, and I hope that you have enjoyed it as well. As we continue to hunker down through the COVID crisis, I hope I can uh, hang out with you guys a little bit more. And I hope you guys are finding ways to connect with the community online and in unique ways that are definitely uh, unique and specific to this situation. My local yarn group, we actually have been meeting on Zoom every Saturday, like on our same time frame. And because we're doing it on Zoom, we've actually been able to include folks that have moved out of the area who haven't been able to join us in a really long time. My Tanya is um, piping in from Maryland now, so that's pretty cool. A couple other folks have have invited friends from their new locations, which is pretty awesome. And it is really good to just get to hang out with everybody and chat the way we normally do to give us a little semblance of normalcy in our weekly routines and so we can be there for each other. I wish you all well. And I hope that we get to connect and communicate with each other online and everywhere else here in the near future. This week, I am closing out with the song Something, Somewhere, Sometime by Ben Lee and Daniel Martin Moore. And it's just, I'm not even sure I know all the lyrics, but it just has a melody that brought me joy when I heard it in the car. So I will share that with you. As always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. Catch me on Ravelry and on Instagram as foreverhandmade. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon. Sometimes I feel like an arrow Fighting something somewhere long ago Whether it moved or I missed where I'm bound I don't yet know If you see me coming I'll probably pass you by On my way to something Somewhere, sometime Sometimes I find myself reeling Listening and rolling In a plastic sea There's signs and signals Bidding for attention from me So turn on your city And if I've wounded you, I'm sorry, I had good intentions. If I've wounded you, I'm sorry, it happens all the time. Had by someone so many years ago Send words through wires, build highways from coast to coast But those words fell short, your roads have worn with time On our way to something, somewhere, sometime
Feel like an arrow Fighting something somewhere 